This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what's so bright? Stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. Oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming in the rocket's red.
are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and again, I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. And I want to share some uh, good scriptures with you this morning. In Proverbs uh, 4.22 states that God's words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And I hope that you can get a lot of life and health out of the scriptures today that I'm going to share with you. Uh, and you can go to my website and go to the videos and get straight to this and listen to it and maybe and and look at the diagram I have and can you know explain and go through it and it might help you a lot but I want you to see that so um, get the information on how to get to my video here visit richard's website at raharden.com that's the worldwide web at rahardin.com at his website you can see a summary of the six books he has written where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. And today I'm going to be sharing with you about a deliverance prayer. Now, some of you may think this is, you know, just too good to be true or something, uh, maybe you've been praying for a long time and you haven't been able to uh, get your answer or maybe, you know, for yourself or for a loved one or a friend. But this morning I want you to consider the fact that uh, there might be some truth to this as I share with you the scriptures. Because, see, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And hearing God's word 
sometimes it just sounds so good. Like, for an example, Scripture in John 15, 7 says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, see, that's just a, it seems like just a complete 100% statement there that we'll get what we ask. And it is if we meet the conditions. He says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, see, sometimes we're kind of misled. Uh, by some beliefs in our society that, you know, things we hear. But listen to Hebrews 11, 6. We've got to, you know, depend on God's Word. And uh, it's got to be His pure Word. It can't be just what our group thinks or, you know, what sounds good and might be. But Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is now, it's kind of like, you know, you believe, oh, sure, God could heal anybody. God could, you know, do anything like this. But, see, it's impossible to believe God without faith. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and he can do all this, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, now, that includes me and you, that uh, we've got to, you know, have the confidence that if we diligently seek the Lord, that he will hear and answer us. Or if we didn't see we wouldn't really seek the Lord with all our heart. If 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 you've had given up kind of in your heart and mind that I'm I'm never going to get that healing from God and something like this, but see, I want to encourage you first to see that it's still available. It's there. I don't care how many years you've been praying and seeking and everything. It is still there for you. It's just somewhat other. Maybe you missed it because, like, you might, you know, the promises all come to us from God. Uh, through faith. Faith now is, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing, hearing word of God. But it's more than just hearing, it's hearing and heeding, like in Psalms 119 now, where it says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereto according to God's word. So when you hear it, you've got to heed it. But now if you've been taught different or misled, like uh, maybe you consider yourself a good Christian, and, and you kind of doubt that, you know, this may not be true, but you want to believe it. In, in your heart, you still want to believe that God will hear and heal you too. Now, just suppose that the devil has tricked you or led you into some false beliefs that you, you know, sincerely believe, and you do not think it's too bad. Things might not be too bad, like a little white lie, you know. Lying is bad. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says, Forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. Maybe you have some unforgiveness in you for a past relationship or past family problem or something like this. And, and you say, well, I'm not going to forgive that person. You know, uh, they don't deserve it. Well, see, it, that's the right opposite. It doesn't matter whether they deserve it or not. God's forgiven us for a lot of things we don't deserve. But see, your heart is out of fellowship with God. It says if you don't forgive others, you're giving Satan advantage in your life. That may be right now what's blocking your healing. James 3.16 says where there's envying strife, there's confusion, never evil work. That's not too serious. You know, there's a lot of confusion and strife and things like that in our society. But yet, see, every evil work means the devil is at work in that. Now, the devil may have some kind of foothold in you, some some belief in which organization you're associated with. Some uh, uh, Christian organizations teach that God doesn't even heal like this, you know, uh, and work personally in people's lives. Oh, sure, they say if, if anybody gets healed, sure, God did it and everything. But as far as you praying and, and asking and seeking God for it, you know, well, you're just supposed to, you know, just let God do whatever he wants to do. And that's not true now. You pray for healing, but you keep doing these little things that allow the devil and his curses to live and exist in you. See, if you keep holding forgiveness, you've got that door open for the devil. You you won't be able to get healed because, you know, he's 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 there because you've given him an advantage. Uh, maybe you have bad thoughts or maybe you're... You know, smoking, the Lord's asking you to quit. Maybe you're drinking or cussing, a lot of anger, unforgiveness, envy. Uh, maybe you're just failing to seek God's will for your life. You know, in Second Chronicles 12, 14, it said, Rehoboam did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. If you haven't been seeking God for what he wants you to do in service, you know, that is an evil way in your life.
because he has done so much for us. He's come into our heart, created us a new heart, a new life, put his spirit in us, and we are part of his family now. And he's given all of that. He loves us so much and everything. And Jesus died that we might be able to receive uh, the spirit of Christ in our heart, that we might become children of God. You know, like this. And, and so much has been done for us and God reaching out to us. So we ought to be concerned enough to seek him for his special calling for us. Second Timothy 1.9, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, created in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now see, maybe you've been missing that. Maybe you haven't even considered that you need to seek the Lord for a special calling. But you do. We all do. Now, so so think about that this morning as I share this. There is still healing for you. There is still help for you. Let me share with you some of these promises now. I want to encourage you first before I get on to the deliverance prayer. I want to encourage you that this can be a new day for you. You can start now. And like my website I said, I've got 18 videos on it. I want you to go look at the one on deliverance healing again after we go through this message this morning. Go look at that one. Get a little bit different viewpoint from what I say there. And maybe some of the other messages might help you believe that God loves you so much and he wants to heal you and that healing is for his children. See, in fact, there's scripture down here. It says that uh, Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. But here it says, let us therefore fear. Now, see, if you're going to have any fear, fear God. But listen to this, Hebrews 4.1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. See, don't fear that you, you'll miss these promises of God and everything like that. Because for unto us was a gospel preached as well as in them, but the word preached didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, the gospel would have saved these people that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Except they didn't mix it with faith. Maybe you aren't mixing these healing prayers or these healing scriptures. You aren't mixing them with faith. Now, what does that mean? You hear the scriptures. You know the scriptures. But you've got to receive them into your heart. And then like one of the men of the New Testament said, Lord, I believe. You know, you know they're God's word and everything. You say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Help me to receive your words into my heart, what he was saying. Now, and there's so many great promises like that. And, but first, let me, if you look in Deuteronomy 28, chapter 28, they have a list of blessings, a list of curses. There's not one sickness in the blessings from God. Not one sickness. But if you look over in the cursings, you know, if people disobey and if they open the door to the devil and if they, you know, uh, uh, don't live according to God's word and like this or don't try to. Now, we're not all going to be perfect, but see, we can be trying to, you know, live according to his word. Um because Jesus set us free of that uh, curse of the law that we couldn't live perfect. He set us free from that and overcome it. But we need to be trying to serve him and live a right life. Now, 16 times in the New Testament, the scripture says that all were healed. 14 times. Now, some of these are repeated in, the, let's see, Matthew and Mark, you know, four or five times like that. But see, that doesn't make that much difference. Look how many there are. Fourteen times it says that Jesus healed all that were present. One time it says that Peter healed all that was present. Or not Peter, but anyway, God working through Peter healed all that was present. And then on the island when uh, Paul was shipwrecked, Apostle Paul, he healed or God worked through him to heal all on that island. But now fourteen times. Let me Let me read one. This is my favorite one here. Well, they're all my favorite, really. But anyway, this one's great. Explains the whole thing. Matthew 7, 35. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities. Now, how many cities? All the cities and villages. How many villages? All the cities and villages. That's all of them, it says. Teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Yeah, see, healing all of them, every sickness and every disease. So 14 times it says Jesus did this. Can you imagine how many people he healed and, and delivered them from those diseases? Now, it had to be his Father's will. It had to be God's will. Because if he had healed any of them, that God had put sickness on them to teach them something or do something like that, you know, to make them stronger or something like that, people say, 
then he would have been violating his father's will. But see, every one of these sicknesses and diseases that he delivered people from were from the devil. So the devil had they'd opened a door like unforgiveness, hate, what is it, Ephesians 4, 26, 27, be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. See, holding anger and bitterness, that's, you know, giving place to the devil. And um, in the book of James it says, He that knoweth do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. So that's an act of sin. If you know to do good and help someone and you have the means to help that person and you don't do it, that is an act of sin. And, and, and see, you're opening a door there. That's why we've got to be seeking like this. I'm not going to read you the rest of these 14, but they're in the scriptures. And I have a video on that on my uh, YouTube or through my website to the YouTube videos about the healing and everything. But now, it is God's will for us to live peace and joy. One time in the Old Testament, uh, I don't remember the exact scripture right now, but it says, if you serve the Lord with gladness and everything, and, and do the best you can, you know, like that, serve the Lord with gladness, says he'll, he'll heal your bread, and he'll bless your bread and bless your water and take sickness away from the midst of thee. See, our New Testament promises in Hebrews 8 says that our promises are better than the Old Testament promises because Jesus is the foundation of our promises. Jesus is the one that uh, gives us a foundation for our life now with Christ in us. You know, I like get children of God were joint heirs with Jesus. Now, let me read you some of these scriptures here. Healing promises like this. Now, see. I'm trying to encourage you to believe that it might be possible for you to get your healing because I'm going to share with you in a few minutes a way that you'll be able to see and know you're going to get it. Okay, James 1, 6-7, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers like a wave of the sea, driven with a wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything. See, that's one of the problems that's been hindering you, hindering you because you've just prayed so long and sought so Lord like that, so long for the Lord. But what does it mean to pray in faith? It means to pray according to the scripture. It means to pray and, and do what the Lord says do. Like it says in the last part of the book of James, it says call for the elders of the church and ask them to pray over you and a prayer of faith shall save the sick. See, in obedience to that scripture I've seen a lot of people get healed just from obeying that scripture and calling for the elders and uh, come and pray. Uh, in James 4, 7 and 8, it says, Submit, therefore, yourselves to God. Now, God and his living word are the same. So what it's saying here is submit yourself, therefore, to God's living word. See, look through the scripture and find out what his word is for uh, healing and health and, and the requirements of the promises. Like, for example, if you had a rich uncle left to you in a will, and uh, he left you a car, and he left you a house, and left you a, a, some farm stuff. You'd have to go down and, and, and to the Department of Transportation to get the car's name transferred over in your uh, name. Uh, you'd have to go somewhere else to get the house transferred over. You'd have to go somewhere else to get you know, the investments and everything transferred over. See, the promises all have uh, things that we must do our part to be a part of that promise to receive it. Because like it said, fear that you might miss those promises. They don't come to us just automatic because we're Christians. They, they are potentially to all of us. In fact, it, it says in the scripture, uh, what is it, Hebrews 6, 17, God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, which is you and I, if, if you have Christ in your heart and you're a child of God, uh, or if he loves you and you can have Christ in your heart just immediately, you know, like that, just by receiving him into your heart now, pray and asking him to come in. But he said, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability is counsel, God confirmed it by an oath. He confirms his promises by two things, two immutable things. It's impossible for God to lie. He stated the promises, and then here in Hebrews chapter 6 it says, he swore by an oath then that he would keep his promises. That's like when we were kids. You know, somebody questioned what I was saying. I'd say, well, I crossed my heart and hope to die. You know, like that, I'm, I'm swearing kind of like then by an oath that, you know, I'm telling the truth. And that's what God's doing here. He's stating the promises, and he wants us so much to be a part of them that he promises then again that he won't break them or anything. Now, so, see, let's take a look at this uh, deliverance prayer. There's so many things here I'd like to share with you here about uh, uh, just God's word and everything to encourage you. 
But there's some scriptures, Matthew 17 and Mark 9, I want to share with you real fast now, because time is running out already. It seemed like we just got started. But uh, when the disciples were sent out to, Jesus gave them the power in his name to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases and everything. Well, here in Matthew 17, oh, let's see here, verse 20. 17 verse 20, a man came back uh, to Jesus and said, uh, your disciples couldn't heal my son. And said, would you do something for him? And then Jesus, you know, jumped on kind of the disciples like that a little bit. He, he talked to them about having not that much faith and everything. And anyway, but he goes on in, in, in um, let's see, it's chapter 17. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have the faith of great and mustard seed, you'll say in this mountain, Remove hence from yonder place, and it shall remove you. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Now listen to verse 21. How be it, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now if you have a uh, NIV, if you look for that verse in the NIV, verse 21 is missing from the NIV. It goes straight from verse 20 to 22. Look that up in your verse. There is no verse 21. Matthew uh, 1721 is missing from the NIV. But now, what it says in the King James, Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Now, there's no uh, note down here that I can find anywhere that they're saying why they left that out. But that's a very important one, though. That, that's why I keep telling everybody that you need to have more than one version. You need to, you know, be praying and seeking, because there's 26 major versions that have different uh, things like that in them. And, and you need to be seeking for your health, see. Take control of your life. That is, make your choices according to God's word. But see, you got to have his pure word. Now, if this is God's pure word here in Matthew 7, 18 for the King James, howbeit this goeth not out but by prayer and fasting, then the NIV has left out some of God's word. You're missing it. But suppose it's the other way around. Suppose it's not God's word. Then the King James then has added to God's word, and and that's not right. Proverbs says, "Every word of God is pure, a shield, and put their trust in. Add thou not to it, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar." See, so something's wrong here. It's almost like right opposite or something. You've got to seek from the Lord now, because see, we don't have a perfect copy of God's word. There may be some perfect manuscripts over in Europe in the bottom of those big basements. I mean, the bottom of those big churches, but we don't have them ourselves now. And then look in Mark 9, what it says about this. In Mark 9, where he says here that, And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting in the King James. In um, the NIV, after Jesus gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. Only by prayer. See, not saying fasting. saying only by prayer. So see, there's a difference here. That means, it, according to the NIV, you don't need to worry about fasting or anything. Just pray. But yet Jesus says over here, in both cases in the uh, King James, it says prayer and fasting, that there was something different. Now, I want to share with you real quick about how the Lord led me into this. Uh, I was on the radio years ago, and I had a call-in program. And I would invite people to pray with me and fast uh, some. And, I, and, you know, some people can't fast from food. So I said, okay, if you smoke, uh, fast from cigarettes for three days. If you, uh, you know, watch too much television, soap operas, fast from TV and soap operas, or, you know, uh, whatever you want to do. Well, I would fast from food, but uh, I, I enjoyed it and everything first day is pretty bad, but you get in a lot of prayer. See, fasting is not just giving up something. Now, so many people in our society take it. The, the fasting, scriptural fasting is you give up something that's a big part of your life that you can give up and that you think about it a lot. Like, for example, when I used to smoke, I would think about that every second, you know, when I wasn't smoking almost. Or, you know, when you're eating. Now, for me, you know, fasting from food, well, that first day, all I think about is food. Well, see, the, the point of fasting is not to give up food and sacrifice for the Lord. He's done sacrifice for us. He don't want us to sacrifice for him. 
what he wants you to do is to pick something that will keep your mind on it all day and whatever you're fasting from then will be a reminder to you to pray for a lost loved one or pray for a sick loved one pray for yourself or something like this see see the fast is to lead you into prayer and fellowship with God the first day of giving up a three on a three-day fast I pray so much it is it feels so good after that first day the second third days are enjoyable and everything but it gets you know uh, less and less a sacrifice of food and becomes more just a fellowship with God that that you've been led into so fasting is not just giving up something if you uh, but you do that to trigger you to pray. So uh, if you give up cigarettes, every time you see a cigarette butt, anything that causes you to think of tobacco or see somebody smoking or anything like this, you pray for your lost loved one or pray for whoever it is sick that you're praying for. Pray for yourself. And see, this is what prayer and fasting is now. The fasting is to remind you to pray. So uh, some of you that uh, on the computer playing games or something like that a lot, give that up for three days. And every time you think about it, you know, like that, pray. Uh, if you're watching too much television, something like it, every time you think about it, give it up for three days and pray. See, that's the purpose of the fast is to bring you into fellowship with the Lord. In fact, uh, God wanted people to have things like that so much uh, that he even told the people in Leviticus, if I can find that verse, I'd like to give it to you here real quick, but it uh, seems like we're already running out of time. We just got started. But in Leviticus, he told the people to uh, put a blue ribbon on their garments so as they walk throughout the daytime. Every, oh, it's Numbers, it's not Leviticus, excuse me, Numbers chapter 15, verse 37. He said, ribbons of blue on the border of your garments. So every time you meet somebody and you see their ribbon of blue, you think of the Lord and his promises. And you think of the Lord and his, his, his word, his commandments and things like this. See, it, it was like a fast or something. It wasn't they were giving up something, but he was telling them to put something on their garments to just keep thoughts of him and his word in their mind and um, and that's a, that's the purpose of the fast and everything so right now I'll take a short break and come back and we're going to look at that deliverance fast then you are listening to KLRN radio where liberty and reason still reign God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Get your 
your healing. I don't care how many years you've been praying and seeking and everything. You haven't seemed to receive it yet. But there is still an opportunity for you to be healed. And I want to share with you now. The uh, Well, I don't have time to go, go into what I was fixing to a while ago and uh, explain to you how God revealed this to me. But I just want to share it to you. And, and I think you'll see the importance of it and why. Uh, you need to try this for yourself. There's a couple of things I know about everybody listening. Every one of you and me have uh, two things that I can say for sure is working in your life. One is God loves you with a perfect love. He loves you. I don't care who you are or what you've done. He loves you as much as he loved Jesus. Because, see, God is perfect love. God is love. He, he, that's not a characteristic of God. God is himself he is love. He can't love you with less than a perfect love because he is perfect love. See, he doesn't have different levels of love. Now, so God loves you with a perfect love. And he wants to draw you and me closer to him every step of the way. See, ever since Adam and Eve sinned, he's been trying to draw people back to him. Uh, he hasn't been waiting for some big revival or something. He's been trying to get revival ever since Adam and Eve sinned to draw mankind, mankind back to him. He sent prophets and priests and they were persecuted and killed and things like this. And even he sent his son then and his son was killed. See, his his whole effort to mankind is to draw us back in fellowship with him. So I know for each of you out there right now, I don't care what you've done, he loves you with a perfect love and he wants you to be in fellowship with him. He wants you to come to him, he loves you. In Ezekiel 33, 11, it says that God doesn't even rejoice in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. See, God wants even wicked people to turn and live because we were all wicked before we came to him. He loves people. Okay, now, so God loves you. He wants you to come to him. But now, there's this thing, the devil, Satan, the evil one, he hates you and he hates me. And his whole commitment is to try to keep us out of that proper fellowship with God. See, there's only one way to be pleasing with God, and that's uh, through faith, acceptance and obedience to God's living word, because God and his living word are the same. In fact, in, in Psalms 138.2, says, God has exalted his word above all his names, because, see, he and his word are the same. And John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God, is God. You know, so... He and his word are the same. It's just he manifests a message to us, and we call it God's word then. But it's God manifesting that message to us. Okay? Now, the devil is trying to do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10 says. He's trying to keep us and lie to us and deceive us. See, he has no power. He has no power. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, he says, All power in the heaven and earth is given unto me. Now, but over in 1 John 5, 17, it says that the devil is in control of this world. Now, how does he get control? He gets control when when we violate God's will. Like, for example, the, the scripture I already mentioned, 2 Corinthians 2, 10, 11. Forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. When we don't forgive people, we're giving Satan advantage and control in our life, and he then can bring in sicknesses and curses. Many people in our country right now are in hospital beds because of unforgiveness, a sickness of unforgiveness, or, you know, hate, bitterness, something like this. But see, it, it, all of these different ways that we as Christians in violate God's word, we should know better than that. We should be seeking to help him keep our hearts pure and stuff like this. But all these ways... We open doors. Well, one of the big doors that's open is, like in the, I mentioned a while ago, 1 Timothy 1.9, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace created in Christ Jesus before the world began. Every one of you out there and me, we have such a holy calling that, you know, it is so special and everything. But we're not going to get there by accident. We're not going to fall into it. we got to love the Lord enough and be concerned enough about him and his desire for us to serve him that we will seek it. In fact, that is very evil. That's what so many people are going to have to face at the judgment seat of Christ is failing to seek God's holy calling. Because in Second um, Chronicles twelve fourteen says, Rehoboam did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Now, 
So God loves you. He wants a closer relationship. The devil hates you, and he's going to do everything he can to keep you from getting that relationship. So now, I'm going to ask you, uh, right now, if you're sick, if, if you have a loved one that's sick, or something like this, if you have some strong, big uh, problem or concern in your life, and you've been reaching out to the Lord over and over and over, I want you to do something. I want you to go on a three-day fast. Now, pick that person. Okay, suppose, suppose that person's you. Suppose you're so sick and everything, you've been sick so long. Think of one of your friends, your loved ones, your mother, your dad, your sister, your brother, somebody that may not be a Christian. Now, we can't judge people's hearts, but you can judge their lifestyle and everything. And if they are a Christian acting the way they are, they're not a very good one or something like that. But anyway, pick out a person that, uh, that you love and care for that may be... A lost person, okay? Maybe a lost person. For the next three days, I want you to give up something. If, if, if you smoke, give up cigarettes for three days. Would it be worth your uh, mother's salvation for you to give up cigarettes three days? Would you be willing to do that, that your mother might... Uh, come to know the Lord's personal Lord and Savior and not experience that eternity a lake of fire would would you be willing to give up cigarettes or maybe drinking or maybe TV shows or give up something like that playing video games or something like that for three days that uh, that your cousin or that your brother your sister someone like that might get saved is there salvation worth enough to you that you would give three days of your life from whatever that is that you need to give, even food, you know, let it be food then. But whatever it is, you pick something like that that is very important to you, food, smoking, um, drinking, or, or, you know, just whatever like that. Uh, make a commitment right now for your, well, let's say your, your brother's name is John. Okay, say, for John, I'm going to pray three days right now, you know. That, that the Lord bless him and draw him and that the Lord just pour out his blessing on him. This is, you ask God to give him dreams and witnesses and circumstances. And uh, this is what you pray for these people. You, you pick your brother and uh, send witnesses. See, we're all supposed to be witnesses. And he says, all power is given to me. Go ye therefore, you know, and, and teach and preach and everything. And we receive the power. And we're supposed to go out in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. So we're all supposed to be witnesses. So ask God to send witnesses to John. Then have good events happen to him. Romans 2, 4 says God blesses lost people to draw them to repentance. So ask God to, to bless him. And, and, and just ever, and everything he does, you know, for the next three days, as you keep thinking about him, pray for him. God bless him and help him to know it's you because we want him to, you know, know it's you so he'll want more of your love and blessing. Give him dreams. Matthew twenty-seven nineteen. God even sent Pilate's wife a dream when Pilate was, uh, when Jesus stood before Pilate. And, uh, and God sent him kind of like a love message to Pilate through his wife and said, leave that just man alone because of what I suffered today of him in a dream. See, so pray for God to send dreams to um, this, you know, person, this brother, or sister, a brother of yours, John or something. Uh, God sent an angel to Cornelius in a vision and told him, you know, what he needed. Cornelius was such a good man. This is Acts chapter 10. He was the best man in town. They loved his family. Everybody just respected him. They said he prayed always, gave alms always. But Jesus sent him in a vision. An angel told him, go send after Simon the tanner, Simon Peter, and he'll tell you what you need to do. And then God gave Peter three visions and told him to go to that Gentile, Cornelius, and tell him what to do to be saved. See, God still, that was in the New Testament now. See, that's under our new covenant. That's under the covenant we live under. God still sends angels to people and, and send messages like that. And Hebrews 1.7 says that angels are ministering spirits. Now, they won't preach the gospel, angels won't, but like that one in Acts chapter 10, he sent after Peter, sent an angel, you know, like that to tell Cornelius to send after Peter. And then he sent uh, visions to Peter and told him to go tell Cornelius. And then the Hebrews 13, 1 said, beware lest you entertain angels. You know, there's still angels out there running around. When you go to a shopping center or something like that and you think everybody's going to go home like you to supper or something, some of them might not go home. 
some of them might be angels and, and it depends on how you treat them and everything like that beware lest you entertain angels and pray for God to open his heart and mind second Corinthians 4 4 says the God of this world has blinded their eyes see the old devil has blinded their eyes to the truth of God's Word and the confusion we have three or four hundred different denominations and they say different things and I showed you a while ago in the scripture that even about this one scripture of prayer and fasting the NIV and the King James are entirely different in both in Mark and Matthew now God's love that God have him manifest his love to this person uh, Lord bless John just pour out your love to him so that he'll receive the love of the truth because it says that God's going to reveal himself to everybody and the reason anyone goes to hell and lake of fire 2nd Thessalonians 2:10 says that they reject the love of the truth rejecting the love of the truth is what sends people to hell now uh, verse I mean if your husband or wife has moved out and left you for another person, uh, I've, I've been saying this for years and everything. It's so personal to me now. I've had some of this happen lately. Pray that their actions and things that they say will start irritating each other. Say that they will, you know, find out they're not meant for each other. If your husband or your wife has moved out and gone with somebody else, pray God's will down on them that 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 they'll be unhappy there. That that there'll be friction. That they'll, you know, that they'll see that they're not meant for each other it's not God's will for them pray for God to give them good dreams about the home and the family and that they'll bring them a desire to come back home or something like this have them feel bad when they think of leaving and the good feelings and everything like this see you pray for what you want on this lost loved one of yours now so every time you see a cigarette butt or you, or you think of your food or whatever it is that you're fasting from or you think of your playing video games, whatever you're fasting from, pray for these different good things to happen to your lost loved one. I'll say in this case, John. Uh, now, if you're doing this then, pray for John, but don't stop there. Then pray for yourself. Listen to this in um, Job chapter... 42 10 it says and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends see pray for this lost loved one first then pray for yourself pray for the lost loved one pray for yourself now if you given up smoking and you think about that all the time make it continual prayer I think it's in the second Thessalonians 5 17 says pray without ceasing well this is one of the cases where you would wind up praying without ceasing if you was giving up you know uh, uh, smoking or if you're giving up food or something like that pray every time you think of what it is you're fasting from keep praying now you do it all the time don't just think about it but like second Corinthians 10 5 says submit every thought to the obedience of Christ so every time you think of that food pray for John every time you think of you know that cigarette but pray for John whatever it is you're fasting from and uh, pray for your loved one over and over and over uh, you may have unforgiveness someone every time you pray for John then or your loved one that's lost then pray for yourself Lord help me to forgive my husband that left me help me to forgive my and then when you pray for that lost loved one and then you pray for yourself that lost loved one is going to be drawn closer to God you're going to be drawn closer to God instead of worrying and you know being fearful and all this stuff you'll be getting strength and everything and enjoying that fellowship with God and enjoy praying for your lost loved one the devil is not going to stick around and be a part of that situation if you turn it to prayer and you know it just so often you know like that people will worry about things when a prayer would be, make so much difference but you worry and worry and worry and you make the situation worse because you're allowing the devil to work more so pick out a lost loved one now the reason I say that is because the greatest thing you can do is get, to get in God's will is to get concerned about lost people now don't try to pray for the whole world pick out one when you're going through this prayer of fasting and everything pick out one of them that you know of pray for that person then pray for yourself pray for that person pray for yourself and then see it's like if if I tap you on the shoulder you give me five dollars and I tap you on the shoulder you give me five dollars if I keep tapping you on the shoulder uh, you're gonna go broke and I'm gonna get all your five dollars then somebody says what are you doing that for slap him upside the head when he taps you on the shoulder so I tap you on the shoulder and you hit me upside the head now, wait a minute he's not acting right now it didn't give me five dollars it hurts a little bit so I'd say well well 
I'll try it again because he used to. So I try it again. I tap you on the shoulder and you hit me upside the head. I tap you on the shoulder again and you hit me upside the head. How long do you think I'm going to keep tapping you on the shoulder if every time I tap you on the shoulder you smack me upside the head? See, I'm not. And the devil's not either. If every time he reminds you of your problem, every time he reminds you of, you know, that cigarette that you want, and then instead of taking the cigarette and smoking it, you pray for your lost loved one, and then you pray for yourself to be delivered from it, and you keep doing that every time, how long do you think the devil's going to stick around and lead you to prayer? That's what he'd be doing. If you make the commitment to pray every time he reminds you of that person that you, you are hating, that person that you've been holding unforgiveness in, and instead of you getting all upset, you start praying for that person. Because, see, it was the devil working through that person that caused you harm anyway. It wasn't God. So God wants you to pray for that person so that that person can get delivered from the devil too. See, so you pray for that person and you pray for yourself. How long do you think the devil's going to keep sticking around if what he's doing to you is causing you to pray and the, that person you're praying for is getting closer to God and you're getting closer to God? So in a sense, he's getting smacked upside the head twice every time he tries to get you to get upset because you don't respond the way he wants you to. You're responding in prayer now. He's going to flee. See, God and his living word are the same. Submit to God's living word. Pray for that person. Job 42.10, Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, and he doubled back to him what he had lost before and everything. Luke 6.28, bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. See, don't fight them and everything. Give the Lord a chance to work. Thing. That is the best wisdom you can have right there, growing and seeking to be a better witness, to seeking to you know help lead people to the Lord and everything. And then through the righteous tree of life, how many trees of life do you have back in your past? You start sharing how God delivered you from, you know, whatever this hate was you had for somebody, how he delivered you from cigarettes. I was sharing with a guy one day that was smoking five packs of cigarettes a day. He had been through Pentecostal prayer lines. He had been through Assembly of God prayer lines. He, had, he was just feeling so terrible because he couldn't quit. I shared this, and I said, do you have a lost loved one you're really concerned about? And he picked a sister-in-law. And I said, Start praying for that sister-in-law right now. Every time you see a cigarette, see somebody smoking, see a cigarette butt on the floor, ashtray, any form of the word tobacco form in your mind, submit that to prayer for your sister-in-law. Then pray for yourself for God to deliver you those cigarettes. And I said, and the devil will flee because you want to be delivered. God wants you to be delivered. So suck right there in front of me because he saw the truth of it. He knew that he loved his sister-in-law enough that he is going to pray for her, for her salvation. And that was more important than him smoking. Her salvation was more important to him. He started praying for her right then, and he was delivered of five packs of cigarettes a day. Standing in front of me like that. Now, that's happened so many times. Pain pills. A guy from Vietnam, he was cutting himself. He was hurting so bad. He had cut himself so that that would hurt his fingernails and stuff. He was on seven pain pills a day. He picked a, a relative. He picked his mother who was dying of cancer and started praying for his mother and started praying for himself every time he thought of that pain and stuff, and he was delivered from that. A lady listening on the radio when I shared that, the very next night she called shouting, saying that... Uh, she had been, she was 60-something years old, and she said she had been dipping snuff since she was about four or five years old to kill worms, and she got addicted to it. She said that she started, every time she thought of dipping snuff, she had been wanting to, she had been praying for years and years and years to get rid of that. She said she started praying for two granddaughters, and then she prayed for herself. She was delivered from dipping snuff after 50-something years, and her granddaughters came in and said, Grandma, that's not you. She said, that is me. said, I have never wanted to dip snuff, and I'm free of it now. And see, so bind the devil by when the devil, you know, hurts you or whatever it is like that. Pray for a lost person. Pray for their salvation. Then, then pray for yourself or pray for your loved one that's sick or something. And now, pray for, and right now, if you're listening, and you're not sure that you have Christ in your heart, the living word of God in your heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, A new heart also I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of flesh, give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. If you've not received that changed heart, and you'd know it if you have, because you know if you had a dirty heart full of lust and hate and bitterness, and then the Lord comes in and erases that, gives you a new heart with none of that, and puts his love in you, when you're going from like terrible, terrible, terrible heart to a heart of love, you'll know it. 
So if you haven't received that changed heart, that's what it means to be born again, to be born in the family of God. Galatians 4, 6. And because your sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore you no more a servant but a son, and if a son and a joint heir with Jesus. See, we become a child of God. If you haven't received that change, I want you to pray along with Brother Terry Church now as he leads us down the Romans Road. And then when I come back, I want to encourage you again, go to my website, go to the videos, look at this message again, Deliverance Prayer, and look at some of those other messages. But right now, get your salvation worked out and make sure that you've received Christ in your heart. We won't be playing Brother Terry Church this morning, but I want right now for you to pray along with me as I lead you in prayer, asking uh, God to forgive your sins. You pray and ask God to forgive your sins. Invite Him to come into your heart and create in you the new heart, the new life and everything. And uh, turn your heart and life to the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, God says, You shall seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, it's got to be a wholehearted effort, a sincere crying out from you know your heart to God in second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says when the heart of man turns to the Lord the veil of separation is lifted and the veil is talking about it's like back in the Old Testament when they had the uh, Holy of Holies there was a veil between the Holy of Holies where God presence was and the people and only one priest could go in a year and he had to go in. He had to have his sins forgiven and everything, or he would die when he went in there. They had a rope tied around his, you know, foot or leg or something like that to pull him out if he died. But uh, that was a separation. Only the priest could go in to uh, pray and, and, you know, make uh, restitution, you know, for the sins of the people, their sacrifices and like that. But he had to be free of his sins first and that veil of separation is what he's talking about in 2 Corinthians there when the heart of man turns to the Lord the veil of separation between our hearts and God is removed just by uh, well like my wife says when she was in treatment she called out to God and said God I just want you more than anything and I've heard testimonies on TV and people like that that you know that didn't really know for sure what to do uh, Lula Roman from the old hee-haw days uh, she wasn't a Christian she didn't know anything about the church she hadn't been to church or anything she had a baby that was dying down in Dallas doctor came out and said there's nothing we can do for the baby the baby's dying and she was sitting there all alone because it was in a strange city to her she called out and she said God if you're really real I don't know what to do but if you'll heal my baby tomorrow I'll find out what I need to do and I will you know serve you and give you my heart and life well the doctor turned right around, right after her prayer come running out of there and said something has happened your baby your baby's healed it was just like that so fast so instantaneous and everything like that God answering well the next morning she fulfilled her commitment she said she got in her hotel room sat down with a phone book started going down through the churches calling people can you tell me what I need to do to get right with God can you tell me what I need to do to get right with God and finally she got a church because you know normally on Mondays that was on Sunday night normally on Mondays a lot of ministers you don't take their day off um, they're so you know uh, charged up from the day before and trying to relax and everything but anyway she finally found one that was at his church and he led her to the Lord told her that you need to pray, ask God to forgive your sins, invite Him to come into your heart, creating you the new heart, the new life, like it's talked about in Ezekiel 36, 26, which says, uh, and a new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, so you invite Him to come in. A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. So pray right now. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to please forgive me. Cleanse me of my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I surrender my heart and life to you. And I invite you to come into my heart and create in me the new heart, the new life. Jesus, in your name I ask. Amen. Now that's a simple prayer. It's got to be a wholehearted commitment. But if you truly called out to God right then and invited him to do that, 
you are now a child of God. Romans 8 9 says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So when the Spirit of Christ comes into you, you're part of his. Now you're a child of God. Like Galatians 4 6 says, And because your sons God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, cry, Abba, Father. And keep praying and seeking and get that joy of the Lord in your heart. And you know, as Christians, we have a new heart from God and the Spirit of Christ, God's power in us. God is love, and His Spirit is in our hearts. In John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love, God, casts out fear, because fear is torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love, or God yet. So in James 4, 7, the scripture says, Submit therefore to God, or His Spirit in you, Resist the devil, fear, and he, the devil in fear, will flee from you. When you start getting apprehensive about something, like starting to fly or a storm coming, looking ahead at what might happen to you in your job, your health, don't just worry and think about these future events, or maybe something that you're even going through right now. Philippians 4, 6 says, when you start getting anxious, turn to God then, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Your request and your concerns be known to God. Worrying won't help you one bit, but it will cause you to miss God's blessings to you during that time. So, choose, make the choice yourself to set yourself in submission to God in prayer, talking to God, and counting your blessings from past things, experiences with God. Then watch the devil and fear flee from you. Now, always let your anxiety be a red flag to remind you to pray. God loves you. He will hear you. And in First Colossians one twenty-seven, Christ in us, our hope of glory. So have a good day. God bless you. And be set free. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com.
God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.